in this episode of Two-Eyed Seeing, we are going to go on a slightly different direction in relation to our moon time or our cycle, since we just recently talked about moon time. So stay with me. Hello, Sago, and welcome. You're listening to Two-Eyed Seeing, bridging the Western and Indigenous understanding of health, healing, and life. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Connors, naturopathic doctor and birth doula and knowledge seeker of Mohawk and European ancestry. Each week, I will be bringing you information about health and wellness from both perspectives so we can learn and grow together as we journey through life on this place we call Earth and Turtle Island. All right, welcome back to Two-Eyed Seeing, everyone. As you may have heard in the intro, I wanted to go more in-depth into our cycle and that conversation around our moon time. And we are going to take a slightly different track this time around. So we talked about some of those basics in terms of what to expect in terms of a typical cycle. We talked about how it is typically about 28 days in length. You're usually looking at about five to seven days in terms of bleeding time and all these kinds of things. But what are we actually talking about in terms of technically the whole evolutionary point of having our, our moon time or our cycle? And what that's all about in from an evolutionary standpoint is becoming a mother, becoming a woman who, who's able to give birth to the next generation of, of our families and, and of the human race. And so obviously today's discussion is typically, in terms of the wider world, is often around fertility and challenges with fertility. So you may have heard terms like IVF before, assisted, which is in vitro fertilization, or you may have heard the terms IUI in terms of, and basically what that ends up mean, meaning is it's a assisted form of getting pregnant because we're seeing so many more women these days with issues becoming pregnant and that's becoming a much bigger conversation. I'm not actually going to dive down the infertility slash difficulty with fertility hole today. We will get to that at a later time. But what I actually want to touch on is this really cool intersection that I tend to like to focus on in my practice of preventative medicine and looking ahead in terms of our overall health and what it means to protect and care for your ability as a woman to become pregnant long before you're actually really thinking about becoming pregnant. I know that's a really foreign concept for most of you and you're like, well, if I'm, you know, in my teens, especially, or in my 20s, I'm really not thinking about fertility yet. I'm really not thinking about, um, you know, optimizing my health for a healthy pregnancy. But the reason I want to have that conversation is because I want to encourage you to start to have those conversations and to start thinking about it in terms of your own health. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So like we talked about in the previous Moontime episode, we really talked about what is a typical cycle, right? So you have an idea of what that looks like. What I would encourage you strongly to do, either yourself if you feel empowered to do that talking with a naturopath like myself really looking at how we can optimize all facets of your health 
long before you become pregnant because when you actually get to the stage of wanting to become pregnant and wanting to have a family, then for all intents and purposes, you're basically already ready to go. You're at the starting gate, you're waiting for the bell to ring if we're <laughs> thinking of a, a race type of analogy because what I tend to see in my practice in terms of women that are experiencing issues with fertility is we have a number of hurdles that need to be addressed before you even get to the stage of things like IUI and IVF. So if we can prevent you or reduce your risk of having to need assistance with your fertility journey, that to me is a much more empowered position to come from. So that's what I really want to focus on in today's episode. And you'll hear me say that over and over again. And I'm not trying to say that assisted fertility technologies, assisted fertility programs are not important because they are. They're helping women to achieve pregnancy that would may not achieve pregnancy and likely haven't. Well, they're because they haven't achieved pregnancy on their own and they're really having a tough time. But something to keep in mind is when you tell your doctor that you're having trouble conceiving, they're going to tell you to wait a year before they actually refer you on to a specialist to be assessed for fertility treatment. So that's a whole nother year that we're looking at there, minimum, and sometimes it's longer. And then you finally do get that referral onto the specialist. And then you have to go through all the testing and the assessments with the specialist. So chances are, from the time that you're actually thinking you have an issue to actually getting some assistance and working on your fertility in a fertility clinic that specializes in that, you're looking at anywhere between a two and a three year time period. I just want that to sink in for a second. So I'm not trying to tell you that you can't be an older woman. I work with a number of women that are in their 30s and close to their 40s that have successfully achieved pregnancy, that have successfully had their children with minimal to no issues. I'm not trying to say that you can't be a woman older in years. I don't even like to use that term, but it's just the way it's looked at. I don't even like the fact that they term women who are over 35 in a pregnancy. They actually call that a geriatric pregnancy, which I dislike that term very, very much. And I don't even use it in my practice, but I like to use this kind of uh, situation to inform you so that you know what that terminology is and how they're going to term it so that you don't get surprised and you don't feel hurt when you hear your doctor use that kind of term. It's just the terminology that's used. If you don't choose to attach to that label, then it has nothing to do with you. And I have a lot of conversations with my patients about how we frame our own mind frame so that we're in a healthy place and those sorts of things don't get to us and don't bother us quite as much. But the reason I bring all that piece up is just so that you know how this actually works. So if we can actually get you to a really healthy place well before you're even thinking about becoming pregnant, then that's a much better position for you in terms of your ability to have control over your fertility and your ability to have a family and to be better prepared for whatever may come. So that's why I find this conversation so, so, so important. And one of the things I really like to do when I have the opportunity when I'm working with the women in my practice is to ask the question, 
are you thinking about becoming pregnant in the next few years? Is that a goal of yours at some point? Because if you're even thinking, yeah, maybe I'd like to have a family one day, but that's still you know, five plus years into the future in terms of my planning, I'm still gonna have that conversation with you because the better your health is now, irregardless of how old you are and or how into the future that plan is, it's really going to help to protect things like your egg quality, like your overall fertility, reducing your risk for gestational diabetes. All of these things are much easier to do when you're doing them gradually as if you're preparing for without stressing out about it. I'm not talking about creating stress here, but what I'm talking about is these sorts of things where they do take a good 6, 12, 18 months to address in a good way. And if you do them well in advance of that, then you don't have this stress of, oh my gosh, I'm under the gun. I have to do this in six to 12 months and it has to be done right this second. You know, it has to start right now. So it's really thinking in terms of the long game of, you know, taking stress off your plate is really what we're talking about here by doing those little things that can be done to prep for that now, looking at your own personal exposure to heavy metals and cleaning up and detoxifying from heavy metals. You don't want to be doing these kinds of things when you're either pregnant, definitely when you're not pregnant. If you're pregnant, you don't want to be detoxing from heavy metals. These are the kinds of things that we want to do before you become pregnant. And if you're trying slash really actively engaging in getting pregnant, Again, you don't want to be detoxifying from things like heavy metals, cleaning up your liver. Detox is not a word that goes with pregnancy. We do not want to be doing that actively when you are potentially pregnant or confirmed to be pregnant. Okay, so these are the kinds of things that we can address ahead of time. And it, again, it doesn't have to be all at once. It doesn't have to be in a way like, oh, I'm doing this because of pregnancy. Because the healthier you are on any given day, that means the healthier you are in terms of going into your pregnancy, in terms of setting things up for your soon to be growing baby. All of these things are in a much better place when you're as healthy as you possibly can be well in advance of becoming pregnant, right? So that's the whole point I wanna really get to in terms of that conversation is let's talk about this sooner. Even if you are well many years <laughs> away from becoming pregnant, reducing, and, and that's the thing, this doesn't just have to do with pregnancy because improving your overall health means you're improving your overall health. You're reducing your risk for so many other concerns, whether it be, you know, weight related to diabetes and blood sugar control, whether it's uh, reducing your risk for heart disease in your later years, reducing your risk for osteoporosis. Like these are all things that are going to serve your health and put you in a much better position to be a healthy mom, both in the early parts of postpartum and beyond. You get to show up as the kind of mom, as the kind of woman that you want to be for your kids when you're not stressing out about your health and you're not trying to fix things as quickly as possible. Because when we approach our health from a reactionary perspective, 
this becomes more stressful. It also can become more complicated because we've let things get to the point of our blood sugars are highly dysregulated, our thyroid is completely out of whack, our cycle is Lord knows where. I hope you can see the point I'm trying to make in having this conversation. So yes, we are talking in the mind frame perspective of your cycle and pregnancy, but it's much wider implicating than that. It has a much bigger scope of impact when you realize that we're talking about your health in your lifetime, which is also going to impact your personal fertility journey and your personal relationship with pregnancy and all those associated things. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation so close together and tie it together with the moon time uh, episode because they are so closely linked together and so tied together in such an integral way. This is definitely not the last conversation that we will have <laughs> about this whole area. And if this is something that you are recognizing for yourself that you could really start to do some work on, then let's have a conversation, especially if you're kind of in my area. This is what I love to do. This is what I do in my practice all the time as a naturopath and as a birth doula. I'm the one who supports um, my patients and, and women that find me specifically for birth support. I'm there with you through the whole thing. I'm there with you to support you in a healthy pregnancy, a healthy birth, and a healthy early postpartum period. If, however, you don't happen to be in Ontario, Canada, there are lots of other naturopaths that you can also connect with. So depending on where you are in Canada, in the world, definitely look up on your local area who the naturopaths are that focus on pregnancy and fertility because they're the ones that are most passionate about this and have a lot of knowledge about it specifically. We don't specialize in it, we can't use that terminology, but we do really focus on it in our practices. So that's a really, really good idea as well if this is something that you're thinking about and especially if you're thinking, I'm probably anywhere between two and three years out from wanting to start my family. This is a really important time for you to connect with this naturopath now because the more we can get those things in line well before you actually become pregnant, like I said earlier in the episode, that is going to have a better outcome for both you and your baby. And technically, actually, you're also making an impact on your grandchildren and your great, 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 great grandchildren, <laughs> because what we don't actually think about is the health that we have today impacts the health of the generations that follow us. And we're seeing this in the research between epigenetics and also looking at the lineage of various markers on the DNA. We ha actually now know that the egg that we were born from was actually carried in our mother while she was still growing inside of our grandmother. So just think about that for a second. That means that your health is going to have some kind of impact 
on obviously the health of your children, but the health of your grandchildren. Just take that in for a second. So how cool is that, that you get to have a hand in making sure that your future children slash, you know, grandchildren and beyond actually has a really good start and a really good chance at having a healthy life and an even healthier life than maybe you had. Because we're now at the point where we're starting to see a reversal of that health trend where we were seeing each generation, the children that were born from the previous generation lived longer than their parents and were generally healthier than their parents. So that's how we have people living into their 80s and their 90s on a much more regular basis now. But what we're actually seeing is because the children that have been born in the last decade or so, maybe two decades, are actually showing more markers of ill health. So things like higher numbers of children with diabetes, higher numbers of children with allergic type reactions, and which then potentially sets them up for autoimmune conditions. There's a lot more markers of ill health in children. And we're seeing, we're starting to see a reversal of that trend where children are actually potentially slated to live shorter lives than their parents because of a lot of these other confounding things that are really impeding on their health. And so we can really make a difference in terms of starting to stop that, you know, downward spiral when we start to care for our own health, because it's going to impact them, both in a preventative before they're even born point of view, as well as when they're here, because they look at you and they watch you and they see what you do. So from an Indigenous perspective, we talk a lot about the seven generations, and you'll hear me say this often because it is such a potent concept where we look at things in terms of decision-making from the seven generations that came before us and the seven generations that are to come. You have an opportunity to affect the next seven generations that are going to follow you by the decisions that you make today. So let's make some really great health decisions in your own life, in your children's lives, because that's going to have a really amazing ripple effect into the future in terms of the health and life of your children that are coming in that future state when you actually choose to make good decisions for your health today. So I will leave it there for now. I want you to really think about some of these concepts. And if you have questions, please do send them to me. I'm so happy to answer them. And of course, if there's something in this topic that you would like me to go into further depth or a different you know, part of the conversation, please do let me know. And I will absolutely do my best to make that happen in future episodes. So I hope you all have a wonderful day and take care. Thank you, Nyawa, for listening to Two-Eyed Seeing. Leave me a comment, and if you feel called to, please leave a review in iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. If you have questions about the episode or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me at www.sarahconnorsnd.com.